You're listening to the Swap Mono Live podcast show brought to you by our friends at OGO. Hey, welcome to the Swap Moto Live podcast presented by OGO. Uh, for today, we are at the uh, press day function for Anaheim 1 Supercross. Man, this is usually the busiest press conference of the year. All the teams are here, their, their bikes, their mechanics, they're here to ride for the press and uh, do a little Q&A. So I thought for today, it might be kind of interesting to roam the pits and talk to some mechanics and riders and uh, get some uh, behind the scenes information. So I uh, hope you enjoy it. So I'm here with uh, Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna, Chris Laredo, CeeLo, who is a mechanic for Jason Anderson. So you guys are coming in with the big coveted red number one plate. Are there nerves, anticipation, uh, or just excitement? Um, maybe a little bit of everything, honestly. Uh, for me, I kind of take the stress level maybe a little bit higher than normal. I don't know. It's uh, Anaheim 1's always a little bit jittery, a little bit nervous. Um, but coming into it with a number one on the bike is a little bit different than coming into it with a two-digit number. You know, that that single digit, and especially being a one, is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, I guess the pressure to repeat is definitely there. Uh, try to block it out as much as you can. But I think once once you get the first one out of the way, everything will start to kind of fall into place and, 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 and roll um, smoothly, hopefully. Yeah. All right, how is, uh... Oh, I love that we're right by the sound testing thing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> how, how, is, uh, how is everything going? I mean, I know you guys had a great off-season. Jason uh, went and won Paris, and I think uh, had a great race in Australia as well. So, confidence high? Uh, yeah, you know, um, I think confidence is definitely uh, not an issue by any means, uh, but at the same time, I don't think that... Uh, can underestimate anybody else that's going to be racing you know these guys are the top of the sport and uh, I, don't, I don't think you can sleep on anybody there's a lot of good guys you got Tomac you got Musquin you got Barsha those are all guys that can that can win a race at, at any point in time so um, I think you, you just gotta keep our head on straight and be humble and press forward and try to do the same thing that we did last year which was you know try to win races and get the most points possible each each week so last year it was kind of like a a joke with us all that you know we wanted to put jason on the cover and you're like no 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 that's a curse um any superstitions going into the new year uh superstitions um uh, nothing out of the normal for me, I guess. Uh, we don't practice with red backgrounds, I can tell you that. And uh, we practice with 21 and we don't practice with number one. Um, I don't know if that's superstition or not, but that's just kind of what we've been doing. My superstition is the no red backgrounds because I feel that I don't want to jinx it. You know, you can that thing can go away just as quick as you can get it, and it's way harder to keep than it is to get. So I appreciate the fact that we do have it right now and take it with a grain of salt and press forward to do our best yeah hey and jason if he had his choice he wouldn't run number one huh he'd be 21 i think that's i don't know the for sure answer i I would say yeah he would probably pick 21 but i would rather you ask him that yeah um (laughs) what what is it about anaheim one that is so gnarly like i mean it always seems that weird things kind of happen at this race um this is just everyone's got the the high anxiety and, and nerves? I, just, I, I think it's a combination of things. I really think that 
everybody's kind of here, you know, it's the first race, so everybody's like a little antsy, ready to go. Um, I think also the majority, hopefully, um, of the people are healthy. So, you know, typically when you kind of get towards the middle point of the season, guys have gotten hurt, some guys are coming back from being hurt. And I think at the beginning of the season, at A1, you see more of a full full pack, I guess you'd say, you know, and then towards this, the middle of the season, it starts to kind of dwindle a little bit. Unfortunately, that's a little bit of the nature of our sport. You know, people do get, get hurt a little bit. Um, but Anaheim one, I think it's just, we haven't raced in a little bit. Everyone's anxious. Everyone wants to see everyone has new bikes and new parts and different things. And so it's just a different excitement level and a different energy level at Anaheim one than there is at really any other race. Hey, talking about the bike a little bit, um, I know production to production, uh, not a whole lot of changes this year. Have you guys as a team uh, changed anything significant? I wouldn't say anything significant, no. Um, just uh, going back to last year and, you know, referring to how the season went and, you know, which races we felt we could have done better at, which races we did really good at, and try to take that information that we have with those races with this bike because our bike hasn't changed a lot we can we're, we're goal is to try to fine-tune what we have and to try to improve in those areas where we maybe felt like we were a little bit weaker and try to bring that level up a little bit and then the things that we did do well you know not not really change too much and if we can make those better great if not let's focus on on just making the whole package better in the areas where you know maybe it was could have been better last year um, and just trying to learn, trying to learn each day, and try to make the right moves to improve the bike. Yeah. Did uh, Did Jason change any setup this year, or was he looking for anything compared to last year, or is he content with what he had? Uh, like I said, we kind of take the information that from the previous races and try to work on the areas of weakness. So there was there's some races where we felt like you know we could have done some things different, or maybe made some different decisions with with suspension settings or something like that. So we just try to, you know, work on those areas where we can feel like we can make an improvement and uh, use the information from the previous year to guide us in the right direction to make those changes. Yeah. All right, so for us uh, media guys, it seems like the time from, uh, you know, the last race of the year to the first race of the year goes super fast. How is it for a, uh, a tuner like yourself? Um, I would say that it's definitely fast paced. Uh, we typically will do um, one or two European races. We're doing our normal testing. So um, I actually like doing the European races because it, it does kind of give us a chance to, like I talked about before, making some changes and some improvements on weaker areas. It, gets us, it gives us an opportunity to actually try that in a race situation, which is nice because going to the test track you can pound out laps all day long and yeah it's you know a lot easier than when you have you know 19 other guys around you and fans and a different track and a different environment so um, racing is always different than practice so it is nice to be able to line up and, and see what what you got in those situations all right so you got to go to Australia and France this offseason yep. like if you think about it it's pretty sick that your career takes you to places like that and you get to see the world what did you think of the two countries that you visited? Uh, it's definitely uh, a blessing to be able to go and, and see some different places and do some different things. I never, you know, as a kid or, you know, a young adult, I never thought I'd be in this position, yeah. to be honest. Uh, I've always dreamed of it and thought it would be awesome, but it, you know, luckily enough for myself, I've 
built a, a big enough uh, platform for myself to, to work under and work with good people. And fortunately enough, everything's worked out. But going to those countries, it's it's really cool to uh, experience different culture and and to, to see different things. Australia was, was awesome. I got to deal with uh, Christian Horwood um, at Husqvarna over there, and they're super helpful. So it's like, there's a lot going on really um, with Husqvarna and the brand being a uh, one team, no borders. To experience that on a, in a first-hand basis is really cool. Um, very well taken care of in Australia as well. As, uh, as when I went to Paris, um, dealing hand in hand with Auntie from Ice One. Great people over there, um, took very good care of us. And it's, you know, seeing the different cultures, I think for me is, is really cool. Hey, thanks for the time, buddy. Yeah, no worries. Ogeo has been around for three decades, but it was in 2001 that the brand forever changed the way we think about gear bags. With never seen before features, like specific storage compartments for your boots, helmets, gear, and more, the Ogeo 9800 is the most popular gear bag in motocross. Visit ogeopowersports.com. I'm here with Factory Yamaha's Aaron Plessinger, a rookie. See, that's funny to associate your name with that word, but uh, how, how does it feel coming in the 450 class? Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling great. You know, um, I feel really really good on the bike. I've, I've had a solid uh, solid month on the bike, um, and yeah, we're everything everything's clicking together these past two weeks have been really really good for me um i just been doing my motos and i got my suspension working the way i wanted to and uh yeah little clicks here and there and uh i think we're ready to go racing are you gelling with the larger bike well yeah yeah it uh i think it fits my riding style a lot more it makes me ride more how i want to mm-hmm. instead of wringing the thing's neck <laughs> to get it to go fast but uh you know i'm I'm having a lot of fun with it, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna keep having fun, keep a smile on my face, and hopefully, uh, good things will come. Is it the bigger bike, or did you change something about your gear? Because you look super skinny right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> or you're not wearing the chest protector. Yeah, I'm not wearing the chest protector right now. Um, I didn't today, but uh, I probably will tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I want to rock it in my sternum from the 415. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm, yeah, just uh, I don't know. I've just been. Trying to eat clean and uh, yeah, do do every bit of training that I can to get ready for this uh, this big dog. Yeah. So, are you 100% healthy right now? Because or how's the back? Because I know there was a back <laughs> issue for a while. Yeah, yeah. So I'm health-wise, I'm 100%. You know, um, it was a struggle there for a minute. I felt like you know one thing after another was happening and uh actually the second day i got back on my bike i crashed and i think i broke my big toe but i wasn't paying no attention to it because i had to get back to training (laughs) you know Uh, the thing was purple and black and blue for about four days but uh you know after that it was kind of like everything started to gel and 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 form together and come together as, as one and and that's when i started really riding good and uh even my practice guy, uh, Nathan Alexander, he he said I look like a different person on the bike from when he first showed up to, to now. So that makes me feel good and uh, makes my confidence get back up. But, you know, health-wise, health-wise, 100%, you know, training-wise, uh, 
We're going to have to see. <laughs> you know, I've, I've done a couple 20s, but, um, you know, they're not easy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they'll ever be, but uh, I'm going to have to race myself into a little bit more shape. But I think by uh, fourth or fifth race, I'll be mm-hmm. ready to go. Cool. Uh, hashtag dad life. How's it going? <laughs> it's going great. You know, Jake is uh, hes one of a kind, man. hes um, He sleeps all night. Well, actually, he slept all night until they went to the East Coast for a little bit. They went to the East Coast to celebrate Christmas with uh, both of our families. And uh, ever since then, he's waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning wanting to eat, you know. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's been, it's been awesome. He's showing so much more, like, personality and, and always smiling and, always laughing and uh he only cries when he wants something to eat <laughs> but it's it's so fun man i'm i'm having a ball with it and uh yeah give me something to some someone uh to work for you know cool so uh, when i saw you up in the uh in the hills in greer ranch the other day it was the <laughs> usual crew you know swanee and your and uh the star star guys star but then you had mookie yeah. It's kind of like, oh, there's a new guy thrown in the mix. What's it been like uh, having him train with you guys? He's pretty awesome. Nah, I mean, uh, me and Mookie, we get along uh, pretty good. You know, I haven't, I haven't really been able to get with him that much. But uh, you know, he's been overseas racing and all that. But you know, I think uh, the few times we have gotten to train together and, and do bike rides together, it's it's been awesome. He's funny. He's uh, he's one of a kind, man. Yeah. He's he's pretty awesome. So he, I, I take it, he probably slows down the uh, downhill pace on the mountain bike. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he, he, he lags a little bit on the downhills, but you know, he, you know that's that's, uh, that's how it goes. Nice, some nice. people, some people just can't hit it as hard as we can. You know? <laughs> so hey, I was at Intense yesterday, and I see the big uh, AP number one plate in there. But uh, you know, they're a sponsor of uh, of the podcast show. So, hey, tell me a little bit about your deal with Intense and, like, how is it uh, uh, a nice perk to be able to train on something that's built well and nice? Yeah, Intense, I mean, especially last year, hooked us up so good. We had uh, we had the Primers first, which were an, an amazing bike, an awesome bike, and then, uh, and then we got the Snipers. And the Sniper is a perfect mix between a racing style bike and then a a uh trials kind of enduro yeah bike but um still get rowdy on it yeah yeah dude it's it's so good it's it's good downhills has enough weight to where you don't feel like you're gonna yank the bike out from under you downhills and on the jumps and stuff so and and i kind of gotta have a little weight you know the, the the primer really fit me good but you know the sniper is so good at climbing. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you can't really beat it, and it's uh, pretty much the perfect bike to train on. Cool. Let's talk about your uh, your riding kit the other day. <laughs> Were you wearing like khaki shorts and a monster dude, T-shirt? That was the that was the that was a downhill kit, dude. <laughs> I always wear I always wear the uh, the hundred percent mountain bike pants. Oh, you can't beat those. They're oh, so dude, stretching good. So good, so nice. The padding in the shorts is so good, and. Yeah, those. But the monster always, baseball tee. Always those, and then I switch the shirt off sometimes. You know, you caught me on a rare day. I usually wear just the black uh, Ethica t-shirt, but I switched it up, and it was monster that day, and uh, that was 
That was pretty cool. It was pretty nice. funny. <laughs> hey, last question. The seven. <laughs> what made you choose the seven? What was available? Seven and nine there was and eight? Five, seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. So, you know, I chose seven because, you know, I, I used to run the number 57, mm -hmm. and that was my number from, shoot, late 85s all the way up until I turned pro. And, um, and you know, I, something about the number seven, it's always been in my number. And then, you know, the, the legacy with the number, it is, it's, it's unreal, you know, from, from Donnie Hansen to Greg Albertine to James Stewart. And then, uh, you know, it's got, it's got big shoes behind it. Yeah. And it gives me yeah, yeah. a lot to work for to keep that, keep that number in its realm. You know, it's, uh, mm -hmm. and I think. So you came up with your own unique number seven. That little <laughs> slash in it, like, was that a, did the factory effects guys give you like five versions to choose from, or did you say what you want, or did you draw it on a napkin? No, yeah, I, I just got a few fonts from the uh, factory effects guys, and, you know, I was kind of iffy on it at first, but it kind of grew on me, the, the little, slash in the number yeah. seven you know I don't, I don't know it's 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 just different than what anybody's had before and uh, you know I, like, I kind of like it we might change it up for outdoors you never know we're keeping our options open yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey buddy good luck tomorrow thanks for catching up with me yeah thank you hey guys Hunter Lawrence here lately I've been spending a whole lot of time at the mountain bike trails and the local area on my intense primer and the things badass for how good it is going up the hill, it's uh, amazing coming down the hill. It's uh, comfortable, nimble, and it doesn't feel uh, like you're going to go over the bars every five seconds. Uh, all their bikes in their lineup are awesome. So, yeah, you're ready to get serious about training on a cross-country bike or crushing lap times at your local trails. Or if you want to go a bit further, longer, and faster, they, they just brought out a new Taser e-bike, which is, uh, yeah, everyone's given the double thumbs up on. So. Head down to your local Intense dealer or, or purchase uh, directly at IntenseCycles.com. Check it out, guys. All right, I'm here with uh, Ricky Carmichael, Mr. In the Booth, announcing now. How, how are you looking forward to the uh, new role? Well, I'm excited for the opportunity. I got uh, big shoes to fill. There's no doubt about it. And uh, I want to do the best that I can every weekend to improve uh, on my analysis. Mm -hmm. and uh, bring the best, best show that I can to the viewers. Uh, we got a lot of great riders to talk about and watch. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of parody out there, so um, I'm excited. So you don't get to wear your jacket down on the field anymore. You have to go buy a whole bunch of new suits. <laughs> I'm buying some new, uh, some new sport coats for sure. Yeah. It's, been, it's, been, it's been fun, you know, getting throwing a little fashion in my life. Uh, definitely an adjustment but uh i am excited you know uh to commit to this is a lot you know uh, I, I told myself when i retired from racing that i would there's no way i'm traveling to the full supercross series but uh the timing was right it was a great opportunity and uh here i am i'm gonna do the best i can okay so for a guy like you who has accomplished so much won so much earned so much 
you obviously don't need to be doing this. You're just doing it because you love being around it. Yeah, I love I love it. Uh, I'm in a place in my life now. My kids are a little bit older to where um, I can come and do these things. Uh, I love. I'm a huge fan of the sport. The older I get, the more I appreciate it. So that's that's been a lot of fun as the older I get. Mm-hmm. And I love watching these guys, man. It's so much fun. It's incredible what these guys can do. Uh, I love being around the fans and just the appreciation I have. And I think that comes, I think that comes with age for me. I don't, I don't think I've changed who I am. I just, I appreciate things a lot more. So uh, it's just, it's pretty cool, and it and it comes at a good time. And it was an opportunity that I said, you know what, I'm going to try it. When you're up there commentating, how hard is it not to just go? <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are soft. They should do this and that. I mean, you have to be kind of politically correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty polite to the guys. You know, I, I, mean, I think no, if that there's anyone that has the credentials to bag on people, it's you. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, I, I, I cut them some slack because I know how hard it is. Uh, however, I know that I need to be honest, and I think the viewers will like that in the long run uh the the people that i'm talking about at the time might not like it but it doesn't mean that i don't respect the riders uh and i just need to call a spade a spade and if they make mistakes and throw something away or if they do really good um i'm gonna work hard on calling it the way i see it and uh and i think people will respect that i think any good commentator and analyst in the past have done that the the people that uh you want to be like so and follow in their footsteps so i that's what I need to work on and be honest. Not worry about hurting people's feelings. So uh, is Joey still training at the farm? Yeah, Joey's still at the at the goat farm, and it's been fun. We got a new addition. Uh, got Martine over there. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty fun watching them two guys ride together. And I uh, got a few more people there as well. Covington just came to uh, join the squad. So, it'll be, <laughs> yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun to watch him progress. And uh, someone like him and a couple of the other guys that we got there, um, Carter Gordon, TJ Albright, Josh uh, Cartwright, the fastest college kid in the planet. Uh, we, we always tease him, but um, it's fun to watch your progression. Guys like Joey and Martin, you know, they're, they're seasoned veterans. Mm-hmm. So uh, to, to see their, you don't get to see as much progression with them. And honestly, a lot of their work goes down at the race, you know, race strategy and stuff like that. But uh, working with the 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 guys that aren't the Savachis and, and Davaloses of the world are the guys that I enjoy working with too because you can see the progression. Yeah. yeah. Um, how hard is it to separate yourself as commentator versus guy that owns the place that they train on and you help them out? <laughs> well, it's hard. You know, it's hard because you don't want to bum them out, you know, when you're up there talking about them, things are doing wrong and critiquing them. But uh, you know what? You got it. You got to be honest with them. And uh, when I get home, I tell them, "Hey, I took it easy on you in the booth. Uh, you know, plus you're embarrassing, embarrassing us. So you need to do a little bit better. Do on the weekend what we work on during the week, and it'll be a lot easier on everybody. Uh, it's it's really not a tough road to hoe. I can I can do it pretty easily. Cool. Talk about Joey a little bit. I mean, he he obviously surprised a lot of people at Monster Cup, but even like, he came on the Swap Moto Live show a yeah. while ago, and I was like, wow, he's, like, so happy now. Like, because any time I interviewed him before when he was in Mitch's truck, he's always so down. Yeah. And he kind of alluded to the fact that he got beat up a lot down there. <laughs> but uh, is he a different guy now? I think Joey's in a good spot. 
The reason I think he's in a good spot is we all know how hard it is to win championships and the pressures that come along with that. And we saw the struggles that he had. Uh, he did really good his first year at, uh, at PC and did better than what we all thought, running with Cooper Webb, lost the championship by one point. He didn't have any pressure that year. The two years after that, I mean, he was one of the guys that needed to win championships. He wasn't able to do so. I mean, he worked hard, uh, but made some made some crucial mistakes that costed him two titles. So uh, I think he's in a place now to where he doesn't have to worry about championships, and he can just go out and he can run. You know, if he can get on the podium, if he can win, great. He's just he's expected to do his best, obviously. And I think I don't know that he's expected to win championships, and I think that's better a better situation for him. And there's and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's why you're seeing it in his reactions just on the day to day. He's happy because he doesn't have that pressure. Hey, so you know, there's rumors floating around about this guy's hurt or this guy yeah. broke his back. Why is it so important at this level to hide your injuries and keep it safe? You know, it, I'm glad you asked that question. And it's really frustrating because, and, and I was guilty of it. So, yeah. But now that I've lived that life and I'm on the other side, I feel that I'm going to race a dude the same way regardless. And if he's injured, I'm not going to change my strategy on how I practice during the week, how I race. If he's injured, I'm just going to think to myself, shit, man, I got... Pff, I got a better chance of winning tonight. It's going to take less effort. Yeah. Um, so from a so I don't know why that is. I haven't figured that out. Like like someone's going to change your strategy of racing. It's just going to be if your com if your competitor's hurt and you tell him that he's just going to think it's easier for him. It, he's not going to change his strategy, in my opinion. I mean, I guess I'm saying it, I I don't think they would. From a booth standpoint, what's frustrating is. If we don't know that a guy is hurt and he's out there and he's hacking it up and he's not up where he normally is, we're just thinking he's not riding good, you know, like he's sucking. And it's sad because that's he could be out there putting a heroic finish and riding for what his injury is. And we're not giving him the credit that he truly deserves. So from a booth standpoint... That's when I get I get bummed out because I'm like, oh, dude, we could have made you look like a hero. You freaking got a gnarly tear, or you you know you have a tear to a you know a knee ligament or shoulder, whatever it might be, and we're not building you up to the freaking hero that you are out there grinding it out. Okay, so what injuries did you hide and when? <laughs> well, uh, let's see here. When when I was in championship situations, obviously 2000 and. Uh, 2002 uh, I had a broken a broken bone in my hand that I had to uh, had to ride with and uh, my torn ACL uh, at the motocross of nations at uh, in 2003 that's when I sat out 04 I was actually going to try to race a 2004 series and then take outdoors out but uh, my knee kept popping out so much that I had to have it fixed uh, Apart from that, nothing, nothing too crazy. I was very fortunate. Yeah. Well, hey, it was uh, always awesome watching you race and interacting. with I need with to you. get on SWAT Moto, man. Dude, when are you gonna? While well, you're in town for a couple uh, weeks, right? Well, I'll be back uh, uh, between Phoenix and Anaheim. Okay. Well, we'll try to schedule it. Yeah, Thanks, let's buddy. do it. Let's do it. For over six decades, Scott Motorsports has pushed the limits of innovation, providing our customers with the most advanced technology available. 
Scott is honored to be the exclusive eyewear sponsor of the Swap Moto Live podcast. Athletes such as Chad Reed, Justin Barsha, and myself, Adam Cientrillo, require the best performance, which is why we choose the Scott Prospect Goggle. Recognized as the number one goggle in racing, Scott is proud to be made in the USA. Check out scott-sports.com to see their complete line of high-performance goggles. I'm joined by Danny Doby of Decor. Is it Decor Industries or is it Decor Visuals? Decor Visuals. So, uh, Danny is a longtime friend of mine, former Barone Oaks rival. <laughs> he used to race a RM125 that was all blue and it looked terrible. Snake on the And helmet. he had a snake painted on the top of his helmet. But in, in years past, uh, work of Dobies that you would have seen is uh, he was instrumental in. Uh, uh, one Industries, and now he's doing JT Racing. JT, JT Racing originally. JT Racing. So okay, as owner of Decor, the new season brings new teams, new sponsors, new looks. The off season must be a hell of a time for a graphic guy. There, there is no such thing as an off season anymore. We actually begin ideas probably by June or July, and then start bouncing things around, and we have to have something usually by October. Yeah. So it, yeah, there is no off season anymore. Okay, let me ask you this. So, in a new era of graphics where nobody buys, well, you may correct me, but like everyone goes and gets their own graphics made, right? With their own custom oh, for sure. custom yeah. logos and everything. So like, how important is it to have factory race teams when like, like back in the day, I know everyone wanted to buy the factory race team kits, right? So, well, how, well, how's the market changed? There's actually still a lot of people that want these replica kits, mm -hmm. for sure. So that market has diminished a little bit, but it is still a huge piece of it. But obviously the main reason we work with these teams is for, for credibility of our brand, mm -hmm. so people understand what we do and the level that we are committed to doing it at. So it's a brand recognition piece for sure, mm -hmm. but we still do sell a lot of these replica kits. Yeah, so you do uh, silkscreen the kits for Monster Energy Kawasaki? Not as of last year uh, was our first year where all of our teams have gone to digital. Oh, really? We work really closely with uh, Substance, which is a manufacturer of different here. We've helped develop mm -hmm. some of the new laminates and some of the new medias tested on these factory bikes. So it's gotten to the level where the factories are giving me the okay that this is the best stuff that they can oh, run. Okay. So we've actually made that transition. It took a while. The original digital stuff, no way could it compete with screen printed. But now with working with some of these, uh, with Substance and a few others, we now have a equivalent, if not superior product. Good enough for the factory team, so it's yeah. definitely good enough for your... Okay, so in the pits at Anaheim 1, you've got Monster Energy Kawasaki, Monster Energy Yamaha. I don't know if that's the official team name, but... Yep. And uh, Geico Honda, correct? Correct. So I have to say those Geico bikes, they're snazzy. <laughs> For sure, our uh, each year, you know, obviously, you have a personal favorite, and then you have the, the rest of the world's favorite. This has been unanimous so far this year. The, the, the Geico Honda has turned the most heads, and if you look at it, it's one of the cleanest designs. Mm -hmm. It was a collab project that we worked with, uh, with Fox on. Mm -hmm. because they wanted to keep a whole universal look and it's worked out bitching for us obviously with us being able to sew our own seat covers right in-house and do everything that's how we were able to tie it all in so so cleanly do you see a, uh, a direct correlation between like when the Geico Honda team say released their team photos on Instagram and social media and, and sent it to the websites did you get orders for stuff like the next day for Geico Honda kits same day we, same day. Same day we got requests, when's it available, all that. 
And so, and, and we used to, we, we have in the past relief stuff early, but now it's just better for us. We go the Monday after Anaheim one for all of our team kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So remember back in the day when you like had to buy like stick on numbers <laughs> and, and uh, like decor doesn't even make stick on numbers. I'm assuming, right? You only have, we do. you do. So I uh, hear something is we, when we originated, I didn't think we were going to do that anymore. But believe it or not, through our distributors, there is still a big market of people that are running stick-on numbers. Oh, wow. I, you would be amazed. Quad guys. Well, maybe quad, maybe side-by-side, -side, maybe people for their house addresses. I don't know, but we still actually sell a lot of individual numbers. Nothing like the days of, obviously, Dirt Digit and, you know, some of these guys that yeah. were just doing numbers. But, yeah, it's changed, but there's still a bunch of them being sold. Okay, so earlier we were kind of shooting the shit and talking about stuff in the past and we we're laughing about past seat cover trends so like back in the day the uh, screen printed seat sides oh. i mean those were a nightmare to put on and they were slippery and they delaminate i mean yes there there, there was besides the fact that you can make something pretty cool they had no advent adv advantage at all mm -hmm. and then the uh the one industry seats when you were there, what were they calling it? We did a Technoflex seat cover, yeah. which was an injected molded rubber side. Yeah. And awesome traction. Oh, awesome traction. Awesome durability. Incredible dur durability. But? The heaviest seat cover known to mankind. <laughs> and it's funny, with these factory teams trying to save ounces, yeah. and here I have, a, I have a cover. I think that cover actually weighed three pounds, yeah. the cover itself. <laughs> yeah. Was it you uh, when one was sponsoring uh, the factory Suzuki team when Roger was there? Yes. He, what happened? He like threw the kit out and was like, God, we spent all these thousands of dollars on titanium and you give us a two pound graphic kit. <laughs> we actually worked with Roger Wade, a complete graphic kit one time. And it was like 1.9 pounds, almost two pounds for all the stickers. Yeah. So we went on a testing bin with them. We went down to, as we did a 12, we, see, we started off with a 15 mil lamb. Then we went down to a 12, a 10. We even tried an eight oh. mil, which was like butter though. You, yeah, you could almost off. push it off. Yeah. So we ended up settling with a 12 mil for Supercross and 15 for the outdoors because it, you needed a, a little more durability outdoors. And then that was the year when like all the graphics were like cut out around the logos. It wasn't a full coverage fender. It was like... Correct. Yeah, correct. It, it's changed. And the neat thing about digital now... Uh, back then when we were at Roger, everything was on dies. We would screen print it and die. So to change a die was a, a big to-do. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, with digital, it's much easier. So we can actually custom cut around every single, anything that's that's needed. Okay, when you're at One Industries, I'm guessing all-time bestseller, Bud Light. Oh, Bud Light stuff absolutely crushed it. I wish they would come back in this sport somehow. Yes, Bud Light, bar none, was, it was the early, it crushed Monster before really? Monster yeah. was even around. Monster may be giving it a run over longevity for sure, Monster, but that Bud Light stuff was amazing. Anything we put it on. Yeah. How about now at Decor? What's the hot seller? Honestly, Monster is still a big, big pull. Obviously, because of what they spend on this industry and all the teams that they work with, they still are a very, very big pull. So Monster does probably the best for us. Do you have any issues with copyright? Like when a customer says, hey, I want... I want Coors Light on my shroud. I mean, is there, is there things that you will not produce? Oh yes, for sure. I, that's the thing about us being at, at this level. Uh, we, don't, we can't fly under the radar. Yeah. Everything we do is scrutinized and seen. 
which is fantastic. We have every legal licensing out there that we can do. Um, we don't mess with things. There are a lot of smaller guys. That's kind of the, one of the most frustrating things that we face is there's a lot of smaller guys that will do whatever they want. As long as you pay them, they'll put them on it, and they fly under the radar. And, and I get that, but it gets a little frustrating sometimes because they'll actually take our exact designs and just, you know, because they have a printer and a Mac computer, thinks they're designers and graphic guys. And that, that part gets a little frustrating, but it's the nature of the beast. What's the most out there logo you have licensed to put on a bike? Oh, Monster Energy for sure. No, but like, uh, do you only have licenses for like brands that are involved in racing? But like, are you licensed to put Trojan condoms on or something, you know? <laughs> no, we pretty much stick with industry. Yeah. It, in the industry logos, anything else we won't even mess with. Okay, what's the craziest logo request you got that you had to turn down? Oh, I just love it when people send us logos, they take a picture of, of the motorcycle shop or something or a picture of uh, their dad's paint shop and that's the logo they want me to yeah. put on. Yeah. So uh, honestly, that that's the most difficult part is the learning curve for the consumer to understand that we actually have to have a proper logo in order to actually apply it to the kits. A, a photo of uh, your your dad's side of his truck with his paint shop logo won't cut it. Yeah. How about, uh, I don't remember the racer's name, but he had Miley Cyrus on his graphics a few years ago, but like, do you have the ability to do photos on it? Like, uh, oh, was yeah. that four color, right? Yeah, oh yeah, we, we, we can do full blown photos if you know if needed, for sure. Yeah, because you remember when our friend Rob Healy was trying to do, he actually was trying to like convince me that this bar pad he had was cool because it was when he got four color at first and he yep. had his freaking three poodles on his crossbar pad. <laughs> Pictures of his three dogs and it said Healy. Like, and he thought that that was gonna take off and so I, I took a picture of it and I put it on my, uh, I, think, I, I think Instagram was around then. Maybe it wasn't, but I put it somewhere and I wrote, new end style product, sissy pads. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever saw that, but when that process came out, it was pretty bitching. But obviously now with digital, we can do full-blown yeah. pictures. There's a lot of stuff you can do. So I could call you tomorrow and order a set of graphics for my Cowie with, like, my face on the shroud? If you send it in the correct file, yes, we can do that. I don't think that's going to be the best seller, but we can do it. Awesome. <laughs> well, hey, okay, Danny, so it's uh, dcorvisuals.com? Yes, dcorvisuals.com. You right. can get your 2019 team replicas Monday. Yeah. Hey, how was that chocolate donut you walked out of the semi? <laughs> Why, every time I'm eating something, you find a way to find me. <laughs> yes, it was delicious. Thank you. Hey, thanks for the time. All right, thanks, Tom. Hey, what's up, guys? Malcolm Stewart. This soft season, I've been training harder than ever getting ready for 2019, and I've been using Rhino Power supplements before, during, and after my training, and has made a big difference, especially the motivation pills. Use Swap Moto as your discount code at checkout for 10% off your purchase plus free shipping on rhinopower.com. I'm sitting in the stands with Alex Ray. Why aren't you out there? I rode this morning, 7 a.m. I wasn't cool enough to be in the 1 a.m. or 1 p.m. one. So you rode for TV, right? What channel? Uh, channel 69. I don't know. I didn't see any channels. Did you have to teach any like female reporter how to ride a TTR? No, I think that's at 3 p.m. Yeah, I think that's what that is, yeah. <laughs> All right, so thoughts about the track. How, how is it? It looks pretty big for an Anaheim one. Yeah, it's it's big, but at the same time, it's pretty tame. Uh, you know, there's some tight sections. There's two sets of whoops. They look built pretty well. Um, yeah, it's going to be really tight. Maybe it might be a little bit hard to pass in some areas, but, uh, hey, it's here, though. Yeah. I mean, Anaheim one, baby. Let's go. 
How hard is it to learn a new track? I mean, oh. I, bet, I know oh, Cooper went a little long just now. But I mean, all Supercross triples are technically the same distance, everything. Yeah. Is it pretty basic to put it together? Uh, yes and no. Um, you know, they, they don't always get the faces of the jumps the same. Uh, depends on like what's before the jump. You know, if there's like a straightaway, if you have to time it, you know, so there's a few different things that sort of go go into consideration with it. But for the most part, these two doubles that we have here at Anaheim are sketchy. They're like, huge, right? Yeah, they're big. They don't have a they don't have a jump in the middle of them, so it's hard to time. Like we can't really like you just gotta go for it. You just gotta be like, all right, well, fuck it, you know, like if you make it, you make it. If you don't, you don't, you know. Yeah. So. How, how tough are they? Y'all get in what gear and how, how much throttle? Uh, second gear, probably like half throttle on a 450. Oh. 250, you gotta give her the onion though. Yeah. 250, I'm, I'd be so stressed out about him if I was on a 250. Hey, tomorrow morning, 250C practice is gonna be good to watch. Oh yeah, yeah. There's gonna be so many skid plates land on the freaking landing of those two doubles right there. Hey, I, I see your, I see your Pep Suzuki teammate Chisholm out there. Like, how come? How come he's out there and you have to do the morning show? I don't know, man. I guess number 11 gets special treatment. It does, huh? Yeah. Oh, well. So how's everything going? The new uh, the new bike, the new kit, the new helmet? Uh, everything everything right now is going good. You know, we look good, uh, you know, head to toe. Everything's everything's going pretty solid. So. And you look fantastic in the Thor uh, wild animal lion gear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's probably not one of my favorite kits, but... Uh, why, why isn't it your favorite kit? I don't know. Uh, Guy B posted a photo, and I guess I looked pregnant or something, and I don't know. <laughs> you know, the, the other day you were riding... It has nothing to do with the gear. It has, the, it's, yeah. it has everything to do with how I looked in it. Oh, hey, believe me, I'm, I'm the worst when it comes to being very selective about choosing gear based on what color the stomach of the jersey is <laughs> and that. But, but you're a super fit thin guy now yeah. yeah you know i mean worked really hard to get this figure you know i feel like i look good <laughs> hey so cooper webb just jumped the over jumped the shit out of that triple and so did justin hill is that a tricky jump uh well it is right now because they're supposed to build a whoop section before so it's pretty much a straightaway oh. all the way leading up to it and then a triple so yeah it's, it's a little bit hard to to time right now cool so anaheim one press day is a pretty uh pretty exciting day because we get to see guys riding for the first time and everything what is it like as the rider coming in on I mean it, I mean it's hectic you know I mean there's a lot of hype coming into this race you know a lot of people they want to see where they're at and you know and they're so they're going bonsai and then other people they're like all right you know let's just sort of take it easy you know then we'll warm up into it it's a long season so yeah, I mean it's always exciting coming into Anaheim, you know, new gear companies with different riders, new numbers, new teams, a lot of different things. You know, it's it's just a lot of hype coming around this race. Yeah. So a lot of companies today or this weekend are debuting special edition Anaheim gear, like Fox has something, Shift has something, FXR has something, and I think Seven just debuted that green stuff. But when you were Fat Alex, did you debut a new set of pink gear for this race? No, I did not, no. <laughs> uh, what about like like this riding session, for instance? Is this just going through the motions for these guys out here? Or is anyone out there trying to go really fast and like get in some people's heads? I mean, I'm sure there's some people out here, you know, going out there, you know, they got something to prove or something. But uh, for the most part, they're like, okay, well, we just got the upper hand. We're getting to ride the track early. Just sort of shake everything down, you know, see how the bike feels, you know, because... 
I mean, this is the first round they've actually got to ride on a whole track. A whole track, you know. I mean, yeah, the test tracks and all that. You know, they do all their testing, but it's always different when you show up to the race. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure they're you know they're just sort of feeling everything out, you know, and you know just taking their time, you know, just getting the track dialed in. Yeah. All right, you're a, a veteran now. Let's talk about the 450 class rookies and what you kind of think about all of them coming up. What do you expect? So, you've got Justin Hill. Yeah, Justin Hill, he's going to be good. He's solid, man. Like, uh, his abilities on the dirt bike, like, he's just able to flow, and which is really incredible. You know, and you got AP, who just, you know, came off his best year, you know, and, and I know for a fact that, you know, his, the bike that he's on is a really, really good bike, you know. And, uh, you know, Joey Sabachi, too, you know, he looked good at Monster Cup. He looked good in the off season. you know, just, yeah. So it's going to be very, very exciting to see. Kind of bummed that uh, Zach got hurt. I was looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, Zach got hurt, unfortunately. You know, which which I heard he was, you know, doing really well in the off-season races and stuff like that. Actually, riding really, really good. So yeah, it's a bummer for him for sure. And then guys on different teams. What do you think about Cooper on the KTM? He, well, I mean, we're watching him ride right now, and he looks pretty good, pretty comfortable. I mean, so I mean, I guess we'll see tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, what are you gonna do when you go home today? And uh, like to prepare for tomorrow? Uh, just go home, sort of meal prep a little bit, you know, and, you know, get all my water bottles ready to go, uh, spin my legs out a little bit, get some good dinner, and uh, go to bed early, get some good sleep. Did you want to hit Skyline tonight? Yeah, let's do it. Right. Uh, give me your e-bike and we'll go. <laughs> all right, so that's it with Alex Ray. Good luck tomorrow. All right, thanks, man. Hey, what's up, guys? Malcolm Stewart. This offseason, I've been training harder than ever getting ready for 2019, and I've been using Rhino Power supplements before, during, and after my training, and has made a big difference, especially the motivation pills. Use Swap Moto as your discount code at checkout for 10% off your purchase, plus free shipping on rhinopower.com. All right, I'm in the Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki pits with the legendary Mitch Payton. How many Anaheim 1s have you been to? Uh, jeez. <laughs> Too many counts. I don't really know. I think, uh, I came when I was a kid in, like, whatever year Jimmy Ellis won on a Can-Am. I don't remember what year it was. But it, a long time. And then, obviously, probably in the, probably started consistently in the 80s when we were doing pipes for, for riders and stuff. And then, obviously in like 91 with the team from then on is it uh is it the same now as it was before for you yeah i mean it's anaheim's always exciting for everybody uh everybody's had a little bit of time off and everybody's got new bikes and fresh start so you know everybody will just have to see where everybody's at all right so i've heard really good things about march bank speed um, so you got adam and garrett on the west coast um, what are your thoughts about your two guys? Um, I think good. I mean, uh, I think Adam, what's really nice is he's coming in healthy, so that's that's a big plus. He's been riding a lot of laps. He looks good. Um, so I expect him to be up there. That's, that's, that's expected. And then for Garrett, for his first year, you know, it'll be, it'll be a lot of work, but he's, he's been riding a lot. He's been working with Ivan and been putting in the laps and we'll see what he can do but his speed looks pretty good right now okay so the kx250f 
for 19 isn't much different than it was in 18. Are you coming back with basically a bike that's pretty similar or did you find more power or do different things? Um, I think we found, we found a little bit everywhere. I think we, the engine, the engine's better than it was last year. Um, basically took a direction and tried to hone in on it. And then um, chassis is, is, we made some improvements on chassis and, and components and suspension's better too. So I, th I feel like it was a really good off season and a lot of that we ran through with Ivan first to make sure we weren't wasting any time and it, all of it proved out really well. I know that for a 250 especially, there's a fine line between a lot of horsepower and durability. So when you're building your bikes, do you build them with like one weekend of racing in mind? Uh, or are you trying to build them to last much longer than that? I, I, I don't, I mean, it's, it's not really a goal that you set, but obviously you're trying to get the most power you can. And then when you're out testing, you sort of find the limit of the parts. And I would say, you know, we'll pull them apart every week just to look at them, but we usually don't swap a lot of parts. It's just to inspect and see where we're at, make sure everything's good. So is it more fun to be a, a race team owner now in the four-stroke era, or was it more fun in the two-stroke two era? Um, I think it's the same. It's more expensive for the four-strokes. You better be willing to spend more money. Um, it's more... Race days are easier with a four-stroke because when, when you bring it here, you don't really do a lot to it. And the two-stroke, you know, you're constantly jetting. you're jetting them and you pull the reeds, check them. And there was more work, I think, race day on a two-stroke. The four-stroke is uh, a lot of shop work. I remember one time you and I were chatting and you said in the 125 days, it was like, as long as your bike can make the triple, you were dialed. Like, it... Everybody can do everything these days, so what sets it apart? Yeah, that's hard because I, like for sure, I think I look back in like say 91 when we had Jeremy and Lampson on the West Coast, and like if they could do the triple, they would be one of only maybe two or three guys that would do it. So, like, you knew that was a big advantage. And, like you said, now a 250F has so much power, like everybody does every obstacle. So, now I think, I think that's why guys they're hanging it out farther because the, you got to make the difference. And the difference is how fast you can do the corners, how good you can do the whoops, how low you can stay, you know, and if there is something tricky, they got to stretch it out and try to do it. So uh, how is it having Adam on your team under your wing? I mean, the kid is, uh, he's a veteran of the 2BD class now. He's a huge personality. I mean, I know that as a media guy, I certainly enjoy interacting with him and, and he puts a lot out there on on his social media and stuff do you ever have to tell him ever have to tell him like hey rein it back a little bit concentrate we've talked about that in the past but you know truthfully it's kind of his personality yeah. and he's he's pretty good he's pretty professional like i don't think he lets it interfere with what he's doing so like i'm, I'm not scared that that's interfering you know, with him doing his workouts or his rides or anything like that. So if you can do both, it's more more powerful for sure. Is uh, 2019 going to be his year, you think? I would hope so. He was, you know, two years in a row, he was second. 
and uh, I think this is probably the most solid he's came in the series, you know, because even last year, you know, his ACL was blown out, but he was going to see if he could make it through, and it would swell up and have problems. So I think this year he's nice and healthy. I like it. Well, hey, thanks for the time, Mitch, and uh, always good seeing you. Yep, appreciate it. What's the team name? The team name. The team name. Uh, we haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, God, it's not even a part of a lot. Like, okay, what? Rockstar, Husky, EGL, Ignite Racing? Yeah. Okay. That, or Team DW15, right? See, I just think that's simpler, right? Yeah, simpler. But then Rockstar is going to want their name on there. We're with Dean Wilson of the Rockstar Husqvarna AGL Ignite O'Neill team. So, hey, it's been exciting seeing your program come together. Even though you were Mr. Serious for a while and disappeared from social media, but uh, yeah. I take it this is the second time you've done it. Yeah. You're better at it. So did this team come together easier than your first one? Yeah, for sure. Um, so the difference between the first and second one really was sponsors. I never had an energy drink company. I never had, um, you know... EGL or Ignite, you know, so like with when sponsors, you know, talk to you and you got to like, you know, negotiate with them, like they're like, so what are you going to do for us? So obviously that's what adds more to my plate. Like now that I am doing my own dealings, you know, I don't have an agent anymore. So um, not only was I writing, you know, training, I was also on the phone a lot getting all this organized. So. It's good for me as a person to learn all this stuff, but um, that's the biggest difference between two years ago and this year is that I had some big sponsors on board. So, um, you know, we got the AGL grass and it's it's came together pretty good. I'm actually pretty pumped how it came. You know, I had to get the tents organized and there's a lot went into this than I thought. So, I don't know. I still just want to keep it small and compact. Yeah. Little sprinter, like nothing crazy, but... Um, yeah, I'm happy with with how everything looks and bikes good and yeah, it's it's I'm I'm really happy. Nice. So, who's the official mechanic? Is it is it Andy or is it did Paul Parabinos come out of retirement? So, we don't really have an official mechanic. I feel like Andy, my dad, is re like the real backbone of the team though, because you know he's he's really doing like he's not, he gets his hands dirty. He he does a lot of grunt work, practice bike stuff, loading stuff washing cleaning running about like he's he's all in you could say yeah. then we got big sam at red california this isn't even his real job but he just really enjoys helping me and i really like having him at the races he's helped me ever since i was a kid we have a very good chemistry and i feel comfortable with him um so he's been a huge help he also used to be uh, a mechanic not a factory mechanic but he, so he knows how to work on bikes so and then we got Paul P. That's like Starsky and Hutch. You know, we we brought him. It's kind of like beer fest when we go find all our dudes. You know, for our team. It's yeah. like we went and got Paul, and I'm really happy to have Paul. He, obviously, we have a very good chemistry. Um, we work well together. Great mechanic, and he's helped me for the first three races. So, yeah, it's it's awesome. Nice. So you got some uh, interesting sponsors like the AGL. Yeah. Uh, that's obviously a very successful businessman who loves motocross, correct? Yes. Yes, AGL is obviously the artificial grass liquidators. They make um, artificial turf and, um, 
yeah, it's awesome. Like the pets are cool and um, really, really happy how it all turned out. Um, so Dylan, um, I approached him, um, see if he wanted to do something, and he did, which is awesome. And I'm yeah, stoked to have him part of the team. Yeah. All right. Now the more recent thing is this Ignite, which yeah. is CBD products. Yes. Um, and Sarah just told me that they hit you up on Instagram. So at first you're a little bit like, ah, oh, who is this guy? So the guy hit me up on his personal account and I didn't know like how legit or for sure. Like, like I didn't know, like, so we went back and forth and then he says, Hey, we'll set up a meeting at Dan's house next week. So I'm like, okay. So, um, sure enough on that Monday, he sent me an email saying, Hey, we're meeting at Dan's at 1 PM. Here's the address. And I Googled the address. Sure enough, it is actually his house. So I drive up there and had a meeting and Dan, you know, met and, and spoke to Dan for a bit and yeah, we managed to make the deal happen. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty pumped. It's cool to bring something different into the sport and to have them support me. Um, I think CBD is a very good, um, uh, I don't know if you call it supplement, but um, it's just something I think that really helps. It helps with inflammation, it helps with stress and anxiety, it helps cancer patients. Yeah. But. You know, obviously, Ignite as a brand, some people, you know, look at it a bit different. And when I um, announced it, I got a lot of positive feedback, but of course I got negative feedback as well, which I, I understand, but I think people just need to educate on themselves that CBD is, is there's nothing bad about CBD. Yeah. And they're supporting me, so they're putting money into the sport. So I think that, you know, people should do a little research before they, want to you know talk negative yeah so dan is dan belzerian of i guess instagram fame is where everyone knows him from so uh what was it like meeting that guy well i we went up to the rooftop in his house and he's got an outdoor like the house is just a 150 million dollar house and it's just like ridiculous it's like it's uh so so we went I got the house tour and then we went up to talk to Dan and like he's just tanning <laughs> in his little man shorts, short shorts yeah. and just beating in the sun there. Um and yeah, we just had a we just we just like, you know, bullshitted for like twenty minutes and um yeah, he's cool. Yeah. So is he gonna bring like uh chicks to hang out in your pits uh tomorrow night? Um no, it would be cool to get Sarah says no. <laughs> yeah, it would be cool to try and get him to a race, but um, yeah, I'm just focusing on my program. You know, that's that's the most important part. And um, you know, it's, it's funny because like um, I posted, you know, I wanted to thank Dan, and people were like, "Oh, you're just saying that," but yeah. he was actually the one that made the deal happen. So yeah. it's pretty pretty funny. Cool. So also, uh, you know, our good friend Frank Kishar. I know he's super excited to have you back in O'Neill gear. Yeah. How did that uh, deal turn about? Yeah, so um, I was in need of a gear deal and it was middle of December, so it was pretty crazy. Um, it was a crazy time. And, I, you know, I had such a good relationship with O'Neill, you know, previous, so I was just really happy to um, go back with them. You know, there's nothing like a brand that's just got with good people with a good heart and willing to you know do what they can to have you on there so um i was really happy to be with o'neill and i'm just really stoked to be you know rejoined with them again you know it's pretty cool is that you know 
production changes take a while, right? So like the new production Mayhem light gear, that's basically what you were asking for two years ago when you wrote for them, like something like a little bit, a little bit more athletically yeah, yeah. cut and yeah. all that. So it's kind of cool to see you back reaping the benefits of the things you asked for. Yeah, no, I think that's what was awesome. When I first went on a couple years ago, I was definitely like just letting them know what what we they could be better at, and I think that's what was so cool about them was like they really like took in what I thought could be better and they applied it, and I feel like uh, the gear's gotten a lot better since I last wore it, and you know, um, it, it's only just going to keep getting better and better. So definitely really happy to be part of the O'Neill brand. Okay, getting onto the riding part of it, like how are you feeling right now? Is this are you as happy with your uh, bike that you put together as uh, as you would hope to be if you're in the other semi? Yeah, I really am. It's it's uh it's a little bit more rewarding in a way just because I really like with some very key people, you know, including the Husky team, the the Factory Husky team have been a massive help to me as well. So I really want to thank you know Bobby Scuba and Mohead, but. Um, it's just like I've worked really hard myself on this and see it all come together is, is pretty cool and my bike is good like I, it's 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 more or less a factory bike so you know like I am a privateer but I am a privileged privateer like I don't want the privateers thinking oh he's not a privateer well yeah like I'm not a privateer like they are I am a bit more privileged so I'm not saying that in a bad way I'm just saying like you know I have a factory engine and stuff like that so um yeah, I, I, so far everything's good. Let's not jump the gun too early. We're at round one. <laughs> we haven't even raced yet. So we'll see how the team goes when things get antsy. But now oh, we got a good crew and I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun. Because you know what? I'm 27 now, growing some gray hairs. And you don't know how much longer you have in this. So you got to enjoy every minute of it. And I'm doing what I love for a living. So I think that's awesome. Absolutely. The coolest thing you're doing with your dad. Yeah, I mean... We, uh, he's actually gotten a lot better over the years, you know, like, don't think we're just, uh, you know, we definitely are button heads and whatever, but, um, we, you know, as Scottish people, we've got thick, we've got thick skin, so we'll let it rest for 10 minutes and then, uh, we're good to go again. <laughs> we're good to rejoin, so, it's, uh, I honestly think the coolest part about this is that, um, it's just, it really just shows family support, you know, when you have nobody, when you're at a time where you don't have freaking anybody, um, I didn't have a gear sponsor, I wasn't on a team, and your freaking mom and dad are always there. And, you know, I want to be a, a dad like that when I'm older. Cool. All right, good luck tomorrow night, buddy. Thank you, I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Swap Moto Live podcast show presented by Ogio and hosted by my dad, Don Mera. Thanks for listening.